0: Hello, this is Voyager Time. Okay, okay, concentrate on this. Crown roast of lamb with a bed of wild rice and a pretty standard candy creature soup. I'm Andrew, and with me today is...
1: Sarah.
2: Ben. Nathan.
0: Today we're talking about Voyager Season 3, Episode 3, The Shoot. Tom Paris and Harry Kim are wrongfully accused, convicted, and incarcerated in an unguarded Akrotarian prison. Tom gets stabbed trying to protect Kim, leaving him to try to find an escape plan alone. Meanwhile, Voyager is trying to find a way to prove their innocence. The Voyager has fired 17 of its 38 photon torpedoes. So you know it's going to be a banger of an Oh, sorry, sir.
1: <laughs> I was just going to say something stupid. What were you going to say?
0: No, no, I want to hear it now. I really want to hear it now.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I was well, okay, so it's been 2 weeks since I watched this and I like remember it kind of. But this it's is the been... one where they kiss, right?
0: Yeah, 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 I had this in my notes. Like, every line in this is like one second away from mm-hmm. like, parenthetically, they kiss.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Um, <laughs> we do need to mark this as the episode as uh, their first date. Uh, yeah,
1: very romantic. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Very romantic. Yeah. I love escape rooms.
2: No, they, Tom asked him on, out to lunch. But, oh, oh,
0: afterwards. <laughs> oh, well, that's right. No, right, right. no, no,
2: no. They he <laughs> said it. they were going to like go. Gra- oh, wait. No, that was referring to when they're out. I thought that was right when they were dropping the food down the chute. <laughs> 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 like, hey, let's go,
0: grab, let's go
3: get lunch together. Nope. That was that was afterwards. When they mm. did go have their little dinner date.
0: I got super psyched when this episode started because it was like uh, excitement. Excitement. A crew member being introduced to a weird new situation and in their plain clothes. Anytime an episode starts with them in their plane clothes, I am jazzed as hell.
1: Because <laughs> it means shit's been happening.
0: Yeah. And, and I just yeah I adore Star Trek fashion.
1: Oh, right.
3: I'm impressed that Andrew thinks these were plain clothes and not whatever rags they gave them when they tossed them in prison.
0: Well, that is what I eventually learned, but you can't tell at the start, can you? No, because it
1: looks like all the rest of their clothes.
0: Yep. <laughs> yeah. All their dress yeah, up clothes. Right. Uh, Garrett Wong has an incredible jawline, which is on display for most of this episode.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I don't think of, of Harry Kim as like the most traditionally dashing of characters, but like that the, they they did a lot of work with him this episode. He was looking very heroic.
3: Yeah, you infamously consider him sexless, Harry Kim. So. <laughs> I sure do.
0: <laughs> well, let's be clear: not Garrett Wong, who can get it. Harry Kim is sexless.
1: Harry Kim is like a little bit dweeby, so yeah. I get where you're coming from with that. But yeah,
0: not this episode. Well, though.
2: remember though, he did when what was it, what was that award?
1: People's sexiest People's, something. Yeah. that's right. But that sexiest was Gary Wong, whatever. Yeah, but whatever that, again, Garrett that, Garrett Harry Wong. Kim. Harry Kim yeah, is the Harry dweeb. <laughs> it's it's the dweeby aspect of him being like a nerdy ensign who plays the clarinet, mm-hmm. and thinks
0: of prime numbers while hot ladies are throwing themselves at him. <laughs> I genuinely can't remember if that was in an episode or if that's just something we made. That
1: up That is something that you made up.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't remember this. That was on, on the, the, the one where
1: he gets back. He goes back to Earth. Oh yeah, he, right, and yeah, his right, girlfriend yeah, yeah, Libby right. is there, mm-hmm. and you didn't believe that they actually did anything because <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I thought his we were referring girlfriend.
2: to the um, the Erotic Wind episode. Also possible <laughs> the, <what? laughs> the erotic wind episode where there was the oh, planet with the sexy wind.
1: It could have been that one too. It probably came up in both.
0: I don't remember sexy wind with the, with the, with horny the sexy aliens. horny
1: aliens.
0: Oh, it was was the the wind that made them sexy. too No, it, there no, was no, they the just part, had
3: pheromone winds.
1: There was the part when he went off with that girl, and then oh, she was right. like you know, trying to seduce him. And he he was just Mm -hmm. like, wait, what planet? How far did we go? And he's like doing all this math in his head. Yeah. Mm -hmm, Just be like, mm -hmm. wait a second. And completely stopped being interested in her at all. I
2: (laughs) need to get back to Tom and
1: tell him this this.
0: information.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah.
0: Did we like this episode? I liked this episode.
1: I thought it was fine. Mm -hmm. I got kind of bored after Tom was too hurt to participate in the episode uh because i liked their i wanted more of their mm-hmm. like dynamic you know like mm-hmm. working together and uh-huh. you know kissing and stuff <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs>
2: yes all the kissing was the best part
1: uh-huh
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but this was a pretty traumatic episode for harry i will say mm-hmm. just like, adding like to water. the things he needs to talk to a therapist about
3: mm-hmm. yeah like water growing, ducks back for him now. ever-growing pile for Harry Kim.
1: No, he seemed act, like legitimately torn up still, even at the afterwards, because he there was that part when he was ready to because they put these like implants in their heads to make them all jumpy and the clamp prone to violence or whatever, and he almost hulked out on tom who's just lying there like delirious and sick completely out of it and he was very torn up about the fact that he did that and tom was just like get over it it's fine and then they are fine i presume but the fact that they even had a scene where he was thinking about how that was something that affected him and he was very upset about it like that's a lot for what they've done for Voyager <laughs> uh-huh. before. They've done like yeah, that's nothing. That's a really good point. So the fact that they had it at all was, I was like, wow, they must have really thought it affected him to include that, you know, couple line exchange. Because then Tom's like, you know what? I remember, I remember you saying, "He's the soft, my friend." Sensuous
0: touch of your lips. <laughs> mine.
1: Yes, that's what happened. That is what happened yes
0: that's a great point though because it's you're right it was so rarely does Star Trek really comment on the trauma of its characters so for them to take any time like that at all is indicative of how much it it must have hurt him Mm -hmm. although I I hate to bring this up what this only really seems to happen in relation to Tom Paris because the last time they spent any time talking about it was in Threshold
1: Uh, I don't know did they really talk about it in that one really
0: not in any meaningful
2: way (laughs) They did got about they as have much a discussion, there. I
1: guess, technically. <laughs> I mean, I think that in that one they just couldn't get a what were they how were they supposed to end it if they didn't have them have some kind of like, uh, I'm that was weird, right? Let's just move on and pretend this never happened. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know how that episode could have ended without them having some kind of t- discussion.
0: Lizard animatronic babies, main cast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm down. <laughs> I love you? lizard people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Me too. I love the ruling lizard people.
3: <laughs> Andrew's completely forgotten about the Mass Effect. <laughs> the I just... Are
0: there lizard people in Mass Effect? Yes, we've
3: talked about this before. To be oh, fair, oh, you did oh, refer to guy. them
2: as like, like more like fish people, didn't you? Yeah,
3: I thought they were fish people.
1: They're lizard fish people. Somewhere okay. in between. They're yeah. from an arid desert planet, so they're base. They must be more lizard than fish.
0: Yeah, it, yeah. That, that's so totally I'm amending it
1: to lizard. Lizard fish than, more than fish. They, they,
0: adjacent.
1: They came. From, <laughs> they came from a desert planet, and now they live on a water planet. Which is a bad idea, but we'll talk about that. Well, we won't have, we don't have to talk about this at <laughs> talk all. About
3: that. We'll talk about that when we're not recording. We'll,
1: we'll talk, about talk about that about in the it, Patreon. Never, it's too sad.
3: It's in the, it'll be in the it's Patreon. very sad.
0: There was this great moment where Tom Paris is getting into a knife fight. Well, it's right before he gets stabbed.
3: Mm-hmm. If that is usually
0: <laughs> a potential follow up to this
3: things.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very realistic knife fights in this none of this john wick crap where nobody gets hurt except for the guys john wicker fighting no harry kim or uh, tom paris just takes it boom right in the gut <laughs> that wasn't my favorite part i didn't Real enjoy quick, that part. that was yeah. my favorite part of the episode <laughs> moving on
3: <laughs> tom <laughs> paris got but, mortally wounded almost yeah yeah
0: we, you know what i would call that mortal wounding he, mm-hmm. he, he would didn't die from but that was Master. pretty mortal uh, my favorite part during that though was harry kim is being restrained and he just like goes, go get him, Tom, from like the sidelines. Like, <laughs> great, thanks. Yeah,
3: <laughs> very encouraging. I think it's always like, so
2: comical when like they try to portray Tom as this badass because he's just like unintimidating.
1: <laughs> to yeah, <me>. he's just <laughs> so, a yeah.
0: He's barely less dweeby than Harry
3: Kim. Just m- mildly.
1: Yeah. Like it's bad that
3: I feel like I could beat up Tom Paris. <laughs> <laughs> That is not an, an encouraging statement. <laughs> he's
1: so preppy, uh-huh. like
3: yeah,
0: he doesn't
1: have any street cred. <laughs> like they act like he does, and he just doesn't.
0: You're right because he's, <laughs> he's got sort of, he, There's definitely a toughness to him, but it, you 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 hit on the head there. There's no street cred there.
3: He's the he's toughest Scott. kid at a prep school. That's yeah, what yeah, right, is.
0: exactly. Yeah, because
1: yeah. he got arrested one time. When yeah, he was he's got the to- at night because
2: <laughs> he has the tallest <laughs> pop collar.
1: Yeah, he's
3: <laughs> or the yeah. most pop collars. There's it the can go either the way.
2: Quantity, yeah,
0: <laughs> it's either quantity or volume, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. He's got the pinkest shorts,
1: yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, he's he's the rich kid with daddy issues.
2: He's the epitome of my dad could beat up your dad. No, yes. no, no, no,
3: no, he's the epitome of my father will hear about. This. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 Shit.
0: Oh, that is a savage assessment of Tom Paris. <laughs>
1: Especially because he does actually hate his dad, but I, mm-hmm. I don't really remember why that is the
3: case. But I could still see him saying something like that when he oh, was at, a teenager. At
1: some point, yes, in his past, he definitely did that before he disappointed his dad so much that he just leaned into the daddy no, issues. I hate my dad. Thing. I hate mm-hmm. my dad now, yeah.
3: Friendship those dealt with, with
0: have no respect. My father will be hearing about this. <laughs> God, all I can think about now is Tom Paris in a white polo and plaid shorts with one of those like um you know, sail bracelets mm-hmm. around his wrist and a sweater tied over his shoulders. Yep.
1: When like, but, sunglasses on the back of his head.
0: Oh mm-hmm, fuck!
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, that makes it so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> but it's completes like, 50s. the look there.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, it does. I was in like 50s old school prep, but now I just picture like shitty 2000s guy with his Oakleys <laughs> behind his head.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah.
0: It must be really nice if you are Janeway to be in a sector where you always have the most technologically advanced ship. Mm-hmm. That's convenient.
1: Yeah, that doesn't last forever.
0: Oh, true. The the B-O-R-G are coming.
1: Yes, but and so I think. I really,
2: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, I'm sorry. I just did that.
1: I'm is there somebody in got- the room who doesn't like them, and you needed <laughs> no. to like
4: spell it so they didn't did, get scared? No, did, he
2: spell, did he spell the word? Did he? Spell he spelled
3: it, it so no. that somebody wouldn't get excited. I've just got to the point where I'm used to like
0: doing that around my daughter. <laughs> so I'm sorry, I just treated you all like your two year olds. I'm very scared of them. We used I know to do
2: Andrew. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I can spell we- it, Andrew.
0: So this is actually an original. This is a season one a concept that they worked on. And, um, the reason why I got pushed all the way back to season three was because the writers just could not figure out how to make it work because they really, they're like, the core of it is that it's a prison episode. And the thing that makes a prison story work is it exposes the main characters humanity through the passage of time. And in Voyager, they just don't have the luxury of putting Harry, Kim and Tom Paris in prison for 30 years. So that's where the clamp came from. And I, th- I actually thought it worked really well, even though the writer just did not like this episode. He thought it wasn't a good one as a result.
1: Well, there wasn't enough kissing.
0: There wasn't. Yep. And that's the
1: main problem.
0: That was the other thing every prison story needs, is more kissing.
1: Yeah.
2: But yeah, no, that's a good that's a good point, though. Just kind of a a means of accelerating that, like, yeah, just not having to deal with, like, this the other repercussions of like the passage of so much time like okay well has voyager been doing the rest of that time xyz Mm -hmm. like having kind of that external force that kind of replicates that experience i guess yeah
0: yeah i personally would have enjoyed the insane choice they could have made which was to let the two of them be in prison and just continue on their way and then for the rest of the tv show (laughs) it's voyager getting to earth and then we just check in with Harry and Tom in prison, every once in a while. <laughs> that would be on.
3: an insane choice. <laughs> you are right.
1: That would be very weird. Because I mean, I could see them doing that for. I mean, if it was a show coming out now, I would. I could see that for like an arc of a se- of an episode right. of like a season. I mean,
3: but then they get back eventually somehow, right. they, or yeah, or they get get killed in prison somehow, like. They're just going to end that storyline at some point because they don't want to continue right. to return to it. Can you imagine though,
0: you just sit down for your sci-fi TV show that also has a prison drama in it?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the show would have gotten canceled. Like,
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> people would have been like, I don't know what's going on in the show anymore, but they're making some really weird choices.
0: <laughs> brave, I, I got up to choices. get some popcorn. Are you watching the same show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is this are you-
1: still Star Trek? <laughs>
0: Did you switch over to Oz while I was out of the room?
1: (laughs) What did you guys think about the dude with the manifesto in the jail?
0: I really liked him.
3: I remember being like, why is there this dude with a manifesto?
0: I remember it's been two weeks, so I was trying to recall what
2: my (laughs) opinions were on
1: him. I didn't write a ton of opinions down about him, but I did like the part when he tries to give Harry his manifesto, and I'm like, how the fuck is Harry going to read that? It's not in English. (laughs) It's in some alien language. I I guess if they're in jail, he has time to learn the language that it's in, but... But he's too angry. He's only been there
3: like
0: four days. Yeah,
1: Uh he's not going to be able to just look at it and know what you're talking about, dude.
0: That's a great point, too, because you see it, written at some point and it is like completely unintelligible yeah
1: it's just like pictures and i don't even know what he it, what language they were trying to make it look like
0: i really liked him because it was tough to get a read on him mm-hmm. like the, you sort of get the idea that he's going to be like the thief with the heart of gold like that archetype or like the prison sage or whatever it is but like the actor is playing him just weird enough that he comes across as none of those things and just unhinged mm-hmm. like yeah He thinks he has it all figured out, but it is, like, it seems, like, maybe he does, but also maybe, like, prison has just gotten to him, and it's tough to get a read on him, which is so unusual in this fiction.
2: Yeah, and it was interesting, because he did, no, I thought I'm recalling him, Um, like, I feel like he did um, portray that well, because he had this air of, like, I figured out how to deal with the clamp, and you you see that he is in control, but you also have this underlying, like hes he still had that underlying anger and irritation in the background. I felt mm-hmm. like you could still Absolutely. see that coming out. So I thought if that was intentional by that actor, like that was really good.
0: There was this moment where he's explaining like, his whole manifesto, like, the idea that they're all in prison as animals to, like, population control and that kind of thing. And there's this shot of him in the in the foreground. And Harry Kim is working behind him. And the chute is behind his head. And it's, like, the red ring, the light of the chute, mm. is framing around his head so it looks like an old-school halo. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, okay, I get it. Very clever. He's the, the Jesus of prison. But then, <laughs> like, he's in, the, like, the very next scene. He's, like, uh, completely off his rocker. And it just... It's impossible to connect the dots on this guy, which mm-hmm. was, I thought was really cool. Kept me on my toes. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And it was just that interesting balance of like him having been there so long and learning to cope with it. Well, still, when you've dealt with that for that long, like even if you've been able to cope, that doesn't mean that you're unaffected by it.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's a really good point. Makes you think a little bit or it makes me mean anything about mental health and like if you have some chronic thing you got anxiety depression what it whatever it is you get to a point where you think you're managing it well enough that you're back to normal because internally right from your perspective you're so used to it now that it is but you're right you're just managing it it's still affecting you
2: right i mean that's why it's just like yeah like the the important phrasing around mental health where it's not like oh i'm better now like like i you know it's managed and i'm improving and i like i i know what I need to do to take care of myself, but it's not gone.
0: It's it's more under control, but it's not it's not gone. Right. Damn dude, that give me a whole new perspective on this. I never really thought about it like that before. I'm having a revelation live on our podcast. Thanks personal <laughs> anxiety of mine. <laughs> You guys thought about that guy way more than I did. (laughs) Did we have any more thoughts on uh, this episode of Voyager?
3: Uh, I do have an actor fact for you. Is it about that guy? It's not about that guy. Dang it. (laughs) It's about Ambassador Lyria. His name is Robert Pine, and he was in a single episode of Dallas. (laughs) Yeah, he was. As... Psychiatrist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, that is also Chris Pine's dad. Whoa, Whoa what? Uh, if it's the same uh, Robert Pine it, that I'm thinking of. Uh,
3: it very well no. may be. <laughs> See full bio.
1: Yep, it is. It is. Oh, okay. what? <laughs>
3: so he's All also right. Captain
1: Kirk's dad. What?
3: What's he doing out in the Delta Quadrant? (laughs) What? This is a great actor fact.
4: (laughs) Whoa. Thank you for
3: uh, getting the slam dunk there with Chris Pine's father thing. (laughs)
0: Whoa. Man, I'm getting the old one-two punch with brain exploding, with with mind-expanding stuff here. First about mental health and then about Robert Pine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
1: The last thing I had about this episode was I was initially very confused why they sent Neelix to go rescue them, considering it's Neelix and he's incompetent. But then great at point. the point when they were talking to him, I During wrote down, the oh, never mind. I know why they <laughs> sent him now. He's an idiot and will just waste the time of anyone who tries to <laughs> talk to him, including these prison people who are mm-hmm. trying to be like... What are you doing? Get away from that. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought this was a fueling port or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I believe that Neelix would accidentally go there to try and get fuel, and it's not actually that. So it makes it did make sense in the end.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no acting required.
1: <laughs> right.
3: Hey Neelix, just go be yourself and we uh we'll take care <laughs> right. of everything just, else. <laughs> just go talk yeah. a little bit. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: Well, this week we also watched Adventure Time, Season 4, Episode 9, Princess Monster Wife. When certain body parts of ooze, many princesses go missing. Finn and Jake decide to confront the Ice King who shows them a princess he made out of the missing pieces. She is so horribly deformed that Finn and Jake cannot view her directly without fainting. In Season 4, Episode 10, Goliad. Princess Bubblegum begins to fear for her mortality and creates an eternal sphinx named Goliad, voiced by Wendy Leinen. To be her successor. Things go awry, however, when the Sphinx turns against Bubblegum. Uh, these two episodes were a wild ride. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I really liked that uh, LSP had ice packs where her missing lumps were.
0: Yeah, I really <laughs> hated that so much. Leaky LSP is <laughs> <was> a nightmare. <laughs> This episode was straight body horror. Yeah, yeah. I
1: wrote that down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, This totally. is some body horror is what like, I wrote.
2: Like, and like all the organs and the, all the ice creatures.
0: Oh, yeah. There's a genuinely a lot to unpack in this one. Um, I wrote down that this is the Tuvix of Adventure Time. I
1: wrote that down too. I wrote down <laughs> this is like a Tuvix situation. Yeah. Yeah. So they
0: kind of turn it on its head because instead of being forced to break apart, she chooses to on her own. Right. So I'm, I'm of two minds about this episode. On the one hand, I think it's really sweet. I like that um, if we just look at it from the Ice King's perspective for a second, let's just, let's just drill in on that and not think about anything else. It's really sweet how he genuinely loves her and wants to do whatever he can to make her feel as loved as he loves her. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything about it is super fucked up, and I don't know how I feel about the drive of the episode essentially being that because she is a monster, because she's so ugly, she feels like she doesn't have a right to exist.
3: I don't think it was
2: necessarily the ugliness piece of it that was for her. She just felt like she did not. There's uh, the way I interpreted it, at least, was like, there's the part of her that knew that she was
1: made up of other people. I mean, Fundamentally,
2: yeah, I guess like that she wasn't. I'm trying to think a good way to phrase this like
0: a homunculus.
2: Yeah. I mean, that just that she wasn't her that she just wasn't her herself. I mean, I guess like that. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I don't know. I, 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 to, I, <laughs> I mean, I don't disagree. I just feel like the episode spent comparatively little time on that, as they did getting a lot of mileage out of uh, ugly monster jokes. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: And I, I don't think it's really a problem here because she is objectively a scary monster. She's got like this weird three pronged mouth and is made out of a bunch of different body parts sewn together. That's that's terrifying. Yeah. Um, I just wish they had leaned a lot more into what you were talking about, Nate. More into she is created of other people, is it the right thing for her to do to to, to return those body parts, even though she had no fault in, in being the way she is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very two vix.
1: Yeah, except for she chose at the end to cease yeah. existing instead of him throwing a huge hissy fit, which I'm not saying I don't blame him for that. Mm-hmm. but yeah.
0: It is I actually think, really interesting. In- oh, go ahead,
3: Beth. I was going to say, I think having having someone screaming to like beg for their life in a children's show the way that Tuvix did in that episode <laughs> yeah. would be a yeah. little bit heavy little, even yeah. for this show a little much yeah but yeah it's it's definitely a strong difference
0: it um it's an interesting counterpoint to Tuvix in that they 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 both are basically they have the same origin they're created from from other people into a new person does this reflect negatively on Tuvix the person should he have been more willing to be reconstituted back down into uh,
3: Tuvok and, and Neelix I think it's a zero something like I don't think either of them are wrong my
2: issue it's, with Tuvix was not necessarily his response so much as Janeway's I still flip flop on what my actual opinion mm-hmm. on that decision is mm-hmm. so like I don't necessarily know that, I don't know that Tuvix's, like, his choice was immoral, because, like, he is, he had personhood at that point, so it felt to me more like the decision of whether to, like, give an organ, you know? Mm. Like, to donate an organ to someone who needs one, like, if that was, if. It gets into that. Knowing it'll that kill territory. you, though. Yeah, right.
0: It's interesting that, you've, that you frame it in the context of morality. Like, I, I don't know if either of these choices were moral or immoral. Um, like, so often in our culture, we celebrate self-sacrifice, right? Like, the honorable thing to do, the, the, the noble thing to do in any situation is whatever. If, if, it, if it requires you to make a big sacrifice, it's probably the right thing to do. And it's worth rewarding and celebrating that. And I think it is that is definitely the message that this episode of Adventure Time is passing along. And I don't know if that's a right one or a wrong one. I um, certainly we could do with more. Um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the opposite of selfishness?
1: Selflessness.
0: The, yep, that's the one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I don't know if if it's if it's necessarily fair to frame like you said, Tuvix's, actions as immoral or wrong or anyway, mm. I, I, I don't know how to feel about that just because he, d- he did he did the is it selfish to want to stay alive
2: to me it feels like the difference of when you're talking about like self-sacrifices being celebrated like yes that like it's it is a an a noble thing to celebrate but does that mean you have a moral obligation to make that decision
0: right right I hope you're not actually asking that cuz I don't have any answers.
2: I know. I think it's a, a
4: rhetorical
3: question because if any of us gave an answer, I think it would be a little bit uh we could never live up to the question. Uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely.
2: Many smarter people than I have <laughs> discussed this for many years, so I'm not going to like
0: Yeah, it's definitely rhetorical. rhetorical. <laughs> Love that Ice King Disney song though. <laughs>
2: Um, I have the note two normal jelly beans. Does anyone know what that might be?
1: <laughs> I wrote that down too. I don't remember. It must have been important
2: though, if we it, both had I that.
1: It was something Ice King said.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: I feel like it was like it's... when they were watching a movie or something and he's like giving her something but they weren't like actual jelly beans. I don't know. I don't remember.
0: I think that you he... It's telling that I don't remember it either. I
2: think who is trying to make some anecdote about how she is normal when she wasn't feeling normal. Okay. Yeah. My googling adventure time, two normal <laughs> jelly beans. <laughs> uh,
3: meanwhile, I want to. Rem- I remembered this from my notes. Uh, just saying, work that runway girl of Princess Monster Wife just wa- strutting down the runway with, with all those penguins. With all the penguins. Yeah, I appreciated that. I want to walk down a runway of penguins.
0: Um. All right. I, I, I don't know what much more to say about this episode. Is there anybody else?
1: No.
3: No.
0: So I have an important question that was posed right at the very beginning of this this next episode. Um. Does Jake get dumber when he gets smaller because his brain is smaller?
2: I think the answer to that is yes because we learned in the that poison episode with the. And then what was uh, the was that cat the assassin cat? Oh yeah, no. that his organs do resize because he right, you know, filtered out that poison by enlarging, yeah, <laughs> enlarging all of his organs.
0: <laughs> yep. So yeah. Yep, yeah, brain has to go small. He <laughs> <laughs> gets squirrel brain in these situations. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So how did we feel about this weird episode of Adventure Time?
2: We have a new child now. Let's... <laughs> we yeah. have two, well, two new
0: children, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh-huh. They're like
1: locked in a battle of minds for all time. Eternal
2: psychic battle.
1: <laughs> I really hated the forehead eyeball pinnacle <laughs> thing. <laughs> did not like that at all.
2: Uh, I... am. I had big parent moment of Goliad copying Jake's outbursts when like taking care of the other kids, (laughs) and Goliad like like copying his his same outbursts. Where it's just like, okay, yeah, (laughs) you see, I don't know. As especially in toddlerhood, you start seeing a lot of those. Things, they're really kids are just like a mirror of yourself at this age because they're like mirroring so much of what they're seeing. So seeing some of yeah the the uglier parts of you get reflected back is yeah. is is rough. <laughs> uh,
0: there was a, another great depiction. The um the daycare scene is quite spot on. <laughs>
1: Oh, when just everyone's screaming chaos. and the, the <laughs> teacher's just like, now calm down,
0: kids. I <laughs> think is that kids of that age do respond very well to um, to, to limits and schedules and that kind of thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so it's not quite that bad, but I can imagine that someone who doesn't enforce those sorts of things would just be, it, it would be chaos.
2: So with Goliad going... Going the path that they did and being, I forget how they phrased it, but like being a piece of PB. Does that mean that like PB is 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 evil? Like if that was like a, I don't know, like Goliad went this path of being kind of like I don't know if it would be like lawful evil, chaotic evil. I don't know, but (laughs) like we're going (laughs) that's what you get. That
1: yeah,
0: it's like the darkness in PB. Right. Cause that was the kind of
2: the, the resolution of this episode was that Finn's baby, for lack of a better word, was the piece of Finn that was like his heroicism or bravery or whatever. Like that was the elements of Finn that were reflected in that being. I don't remember right. that one's
0: name, but. Shaco, was that
3: it? Shaco. Stormo. Stormo.
0: Stormo. Stormo. Yeah, I mean, Princess Bubblegum has certainly displayed a certain amorality many times. Mm-hmm. What I think is interesting is the idea that she tries to be a good person. I think in, in, like she has an inherent goodness to her. And I think even if she doesn't always succeed, she, she, she's trying to do the, uh, the, the, the best that she can. She's trying to do the most good she can as often as she can. And I think there's always in all of us, there is a darkness. And I think this reflects maybe a, an anxiety about parenting that I think I've certainly had where you can never really know your kids fully. Right. And you are fully aware of you, the, the your own darkness, whatever form that takes inside of you. And you wonder what form it will take in your own kids with the knowledge that it could be a larger part of their being than it is of yours and even if it's not you never really know exactly what it is like inside of them and so you know even if you do your best you do everything you can with the best intentions you raise them with the best intentions you teach them morality that kind of thing in the end even those best intentions can go awry and you discover that your children have a darkness in them that you didn't even know was in yourself
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I was kind of trying to be careful of my phrasing because I didn't want to like make the implication like you are solely responsible as a parent for how your kids turn out. You you set them on, you know, you you instruct them and teach them the best you can, but, like, they, you know, they are individuals and they have their own, you know, you know, their own struggles and things they deal with and their paths that they take, but, like, they're people. Was, yeah, they're people. <laughs> yeah. Um so I was trying to be careful about phrasing that because it wasn't directly said like, oh yeah, these are their these are their kids in this episode. It was just like they were using DNA to create these beings. They kind of like left it kind of ambiguous. So I was curious more of like what aspects of them they were indicative of i guess because it was explicitly they talked about stormo having finn's heroic qualities being the you know defining characteristic of stormo
0: so i was curious what that reflection Mm. of pb was maybe it's nothing maybe it's just i mean i don't want to call it a mistake but some difference in the process that created goliad versus stormo changes who you know the, the the resultant child creature mm-hmm. the outcome right that it, it just changes it like that mm-hmm. i think it is supposed to be at least have some element of, of of parenthood involved i don't think they'd put quite a button on it at the end if it wasn't they might let it mm-hmm. be played a little more quietly so i don't i don't know if there's if can you draw conclusions about who a parent is from their children like probably at some level but not entirely right, right. It's, it's the classic nature versus nurture mm mm-hmm. mhm yeah,
2: definitely not, like, black and white by any means. <laughs> the nature versus nurture thing is a interesting point on this because Goliad was left in Jake's care. So was Goliad's <laughs> end here as a result of Jake? Or was it because of, you know what combination PB. of nature and nurture came into play there because bubble PB was just like not there for most of the episode. Cause she was resting after being up for 83 hours or whatever it was. <laughs> right. So Goliad was strictly in Finn and Jake's care at this point. So how much of that outcome was as a result of nature versus nurture?
0: mean the, uh, the unpleasant answer the unsatisfying answer is just, there's no way to know for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do, I, I was, yeah, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> so much about this is, is like, I mean, it it is that debate, but I don't think it really comes down anywhere on the idea of like, are you fated to be one way or another? Cause certainly there are many people who are not like their parents who've made mm-hmm. either conscious or unconscious decisions to not be like that on purpose. Right. Um, and so, did Goliath do that or is there something else and there's just you just can't answer it you just have to accept the person wholly for who they are Mm -hmm.
2: right I mean in no circumstances there's some perfect formula to say like I am this way explicitly because of you know what I inherited versus you know what what happened to me like at the I don't know like I'm trying to think in the context of this episode yeah there's no way to like decipher what caused Goliad to
0: go down that path. So. Right. Well, did we have any connections for these episodes? Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Anyone else? I feel like the teacher in a class, has that one no. kid who always uh, uh, it. No.
1: I'm going to raise my hand and say no teacher, I did not do this part of the homework.
3: <laughs> no teacher, I didn't do this part of the homework. And also if I did, it was two weeks ago and it's totally lost. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, Nathan, hit me with it. So, there was the
2: part where Goliad was using their psychic ability to, like, fish around in Finn's mind to, like, figure out what the plan was, how to, how to beat Goliad. So, Finn had to resist that psychic influence, similar how Tom mm-hmm. and Harry had
3: to mm-hmm.
0: resist the clamps. There it is. Very good.
3: Mm.
0: Can you connect it somehow to the other Adventure Time episode? Can we can we get this? Can we get a triple here?
2: Uh, um mm, mm, mm. they had to resist
1: there, the had... ugliness. Kind of like <laughs> yeah, a mind control. Yeah. Sure.
3: We got there. I'll count it. Well,
0: fellow Monster Wives, join us next week as we watch Star Trek Voyager, season three, episode four. The Swarm and Adventure Time Season 4 Episode 11 Beyond This Earthly Realm and 12. Gotcha! Uh,
3: Remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to chat with us about the episodes have questions for us or anything like that uh, our Twitter is at Time, Facebook Time, and our email is VoyantraTime at gmail.com and if you want to chat with us again but in real time uh our discord server the invite is in the show notes please join
2: um ice king loved his his piecemeal <laughs> life as much as harry loves tom oh it's a connection triangle i can connect all three but it was a triangle of connection i
0: see i see can you connect the two adventure time episodes cuz right now i'm looking they both, both have finn and jake and- yeah. <laughs> boom
4: <laughs>
3: man Andrew's real easy to please huh
4: <laughs>
3: I'm a simple man I just like my connections
0: in the meantime we'll just wait for you here
1: by the mausoleum
3: with our backs turned
2: and our defenses lowered
1: Okay, this is what was in Tom's fever dreams during this episode. Yes, there are birds outside.
4: Harry, I won't make assumptions about you hiding in the hollow deck. Is it because of me? Harry, one time I was having some tomato soup I choked on it, It was like I couldn't breathe I know I said I liked those girls down in stellar cartography And I guess I kinda do But the best thing that I ever did Was hooking up with you So if I just showed up at your quarters, would you have me? Would you want me? Would you tell me to go frick myself? This is a network show in the holodeck. We'd play some pool or ride on gondolas or some nerdy thing. You're Beowulf and Kings. I don't know anything, but I know I'd kiss you. Harry, I know where it all went wrong I'm a ding-dong I have screwed up every chance with you I just can't help it, it's my nature I'm a flirt, you know that And I've gone through the whole crew You heard the rumors from each up. Oh wait, he's not in the show yet That's a spoiler, never mind But the best thing that I ever did was hooking up with you. So if I just showed up at your quarters, would you have me? Would you want me? Would you tell me to go frick myself? This is a network show. In the Hall of Death we'd play some pool or ride on gondolas Or some nerdy thing, your Beowulf and kings I don't know anything, but I know I'll kiss you hanging out in sick bay all alone just thinking of you in your white bathrobe the one that the caretaker gave you i just want to say you should have had more of a k that one time when you died because two days was for sure not enough In the hallway right outside your room I brought some soup You know that it's my fave Harry, I would really love it If you'd let me in The thing is that I think you're just a babe The best thing that I ever did Was fall in love with you So I showed up at your quarters Yeah, I showed up at your quarters Yeah, I showed up at your quarters Will you have me? Will you love me? Will you kiss me in the corridor Where the whole crew can see? If you kiss me, will it be just like the first time? Will it make us feel like kings? I'm just Tom Eugene I don't know anything, but I'd love to kiss you Standing in your uniform All I ever see you in You still have that bathrobe Yeah, I'd kiss you